0: You're listening to The Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to The Better Man Podcast. My name is Adam Tarno, and today I am joined on the podcast by Chris Harper, who is the, if you haven't listened to the bonus episode, the new executive director of Better Man. And so, uh, Chris, good to have you here today. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Man, Adam, thank you so much. Excited to be with you again and chopping it up, man. Yeah.
0: Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, something that certainly everybody's probably heard of with uh what's going on in the in the current culture right now. June 24th, 2022 uh was a day that candidly I never like I read a headline or saw a headline that I never thought I would see which was that the Supreme Court had overturned Roe v. Wade. Uh, when you heard that, I know there was a leak so it wasn't kind of like completely shocking news to us, but when it when it actually happened, where were you? And what were some of the thoughts that went through your mind?
1: Yeah, even with the leak, really I didn't think in my lifetime I'd see it. Yeah. I mean, this is fifty years of, you know, legal precedence. So even with the leak, I thought, Oh, that's, you know, maybe that's someone's opinion, maybe they're just trying to cause a stir. But uh, it happened, you know uh Dobbs v Jackson, you know, overturns Roe v Wade and I, I remember I'm sitting at my desk um uh, it comes across I just happened to check CNN and it came across the top of CNN and then my phone immediately started ringing I started getting texts um have you seen this and uh just kind of stunned. Yeah. In a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I it, same thing for me. I mean, it was one of those things where Uh, Not to be silly about this very serious subject matter, but I like, was this an Onion article? You know, like, like, was this satire? Was this- The Babylon
1: Bee. Yeah. The Babylon (laughs) Bee,
0: something like that. That was it. And then, you know, obviously with the leak and then we read it and, and saw the reaction or heard the reaction that was out there. And then I'd kind of forgotten that they hadn't made any decisions yet. And then that last week of June before they took their summer break was just a fury of activity. And then this one came out on that Friday- And I just remember calling my wife and just being like, I can't believe it, right? Like, I can't believe that it actually happened. And so, obviously now, social media goes crazy, news outlets are going crazy, uh, and everybody's just kind of left going, what do I think about this? What do I feel about this? And so what we want to do today on this episode is just think about practically how, as men, we can respond to this. I mean, obviously, the the issue of abortion um, as men... Sometimes our voices are are not as uh, prominent, or yeah. you know, we need to be careful with some of our opinions right, sure, on absolutely. some of this. And so, um, so let's talk to men, though, because there may be a lot of men that are feeling a little helpless, a little confused, not knowing what to do. And I think you've got some ways to help with all that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and thanks for wanting to address that. Yeah. And and and. Bringing that up, um, since it has happened, I have received uh, quite a few calls, texts about how, um, as a man uh, leading a men's ministry, you know how how do we respond to this? Yeah, you know, first thing I I think it's important. I was sharing this with a guy not too long ago, um, you know, Roe v. Wade the The right to, to choice was was overturned at a constitutional level, so it is going to be kicked down to the states. Totally, you know. So abortion is not illegal, right? Um, though at a state level, in many states, it probably will become that. Um, but even in that, um, it was a, for lack of a better term, huge win for the evangelical community. Yeah, uh, people who have been praying for decades. Uh, Ministries, hundreds of ministries, um, hundreds of millions of dollars throughout the last fifty years that have been poured into um, this this protecting the dignity of life, mm-hmm. you know, the Imago Dei, the image of God. Uh, so it is it is important, and and the question is, as men, how how do we respond to that? So um, I think I think I have three ways that immediately today, if you're a man today, you can respond to to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. One. I think that as a man, if if you've ever participated in, supported, or, or had a hand in um, promoting or in encouraging an abortion, I think I think you just should repent and ask for forgiveness. I think I think that's step one, and and I don't say that tongue in cheek because that's a part of my story. Um, you know, in college, uh, I had a I had a girlfriend who who had gotten pregnant and, and I strongly encouraged her to go through with abortive measures. And, um, you know, those were my my pre-Jesus days. Some people call those BC, you know, before Christ. I I don't necessarily know if that's a real thing. Christ is king. Yeah. You know, whether I'm acknowledging or not, (laughs) he's king. (laughs) That's right. But I hadn't acknowledged him as king yet. And uh, I remember after getting saved, um, going to seminary, uh, being called to a church, I remember the shame and guilt of that. And uh, uh, almost feeling disqualified uh, to pastor at a church because I had encouraged that. And and I went to a seminary professor and, and confessed what I had done, and Adam, I'll never forget what he told me. He said, he said, Chris, when your repentance is more notorious than your sin, you're okay. He said, you'll have a platform to speak from one day uh, that will help encourage other men. So, so I say that um, if you're a man who has encouraged that or helped in that, man, repent ask for forgiveness, but know that God forgives you. Yeah, Like Jesus is good to forgive that too. Like you don't have to carry the weight and shame of that. Um, I did. And even, even today I still walk with a little bit of a limp. You know, I'll think about it, I'll reflect on it, and it does bring sadness to mind. Um, but there is joy in knowing that, that that Christ is good. Yeah,
0: I like that. I like that.
1: <clears throat> yeah, so that's that would kind of be the first step, I think. Um, secondly... Um, as men I think now that uh, the vulnerable population is kind of on the forefront we've got to be people who are adamant about establishing safe places where where vulnerable populations not only not only feel safe but where they can thrive and and whether that's the unborn whether that's um, toddlers whether that's um, foster children whether that's the elderly um, there are, there are swaths of of vulnerable populations out there, um, uh, and we shouldn't just focus on one. We need to be um, uh, concerned, and we need to care for for all the populations. But but wherever we are as men, um, whether it's in our vehicles, whether it's in our offices, whether it's at our homes, whether it's on vacation, wherever we are, we need to be men who who create. Safe places for the vulnerable, where where if somebody who who is in a vulnerable position is near you or with you or following you, um, they can look around and say, "Man, I feel safe with this guy." Yeah, like I feel like I can grow with this guy, right? I think that's huge.
0: Yeah. Any examples that you've seen out there uh, right now that are doing a good job of that? I, I like that you mentioned just real quickly right there. Just even individually, right? As you talk to people, that people feel like you are uh, uh, safe for them to talk about this subject with, but. Any other ways that you're seeing that play out?
1: Yeah, so um, I've I've got a background in uh, social work, social policy. So for years, again, even as a non-believer, I saw this play out um, in people's homes, in foster and adoptive homes, where um, children who had been um, severely abused, uh, abandoned, who for all all cases had lost hope right i I saw men step up and and be a provider, um, be a father figure um, Some even became adoptive fathers and and literally took on that mantle and and i've 've watched children go into homes um, and feel safe and feel loved and then and then develop and become you know healthy citizens right um you know that's that's a commitment you know that that would probably be on the extreme end but uh On the day to day end, I think it's just exuding kindness. You know, Um, when you see an elderly person at the grocery store, um, you know, don't be so quick to just pass by them. Don't be so quick to not offer to maybe carry their bags or open a door or help load the car, right? Uh, Things of that nature.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is just, you know, opening your eyes to what you see in your neighborhood. So, yeah, the day in and day out interactions. Uh, And even like if there's, I know that different age ranges listen to this podcast. I mean, even even if in you're your like elementary school or middle school, there's there's vulnerable people everywhere, everywhere, right? So the those that are maybe socially considered to be outsiders, making it feel safe, you know, for them as well. So just having that that mindset. I really like that. That's something that we can easily start to do.
1: Man, that's so good. I remember working with an FCA guy or Youth for Christ. It was one of the two. FCA Youth for Christ. His name was Jeff Stump and a phenomenal man. And, and I remember doing camps with him and and I began to notice every time he would get on a bus uh, full of kids and we were going to some camp, um, he would always sit with a particular kind of kid. And it was typically the kid that, um, didn't fit in. Uh, maybe it was the kid that, uh, you would presume to be, you know, abnormal or outside of, you know, what the cool factor is. Right. But Jeff would always gravitate to those kids. And, and so finally I'm sitting and having lunch with him one day and I'm like, man, I noticed like you don't go after the influencers like you go after the the least of these, really, and he's like, "Man, that's who that's who need me the most." And I thought that was so good, man. Just to have that—that's the bent of your heart, right? It's so beautiful. Yeah. All right, I like that. So repent,
0: establishing some safe places, and so what would be the third one?
1: Yeah. So I think the third thing is, um, man, we have to be, we have to be kind, um, and and maybe this is this is for the church as much it is as it is for men, but. We did get the W. Like, this is a big win, right? We probably shouldn't be chest thumping. I mean, this affects a lot of people. You know, I tell my kids all the time uh, mean what you say, say what you mean, but don't be mean when you say it. Mm,
0: that's good. Say that again. I right? like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so, mean what you say, say what you mean, but don't be mean mm-hmm. when you say it. Um, you know, sometimes I think in the evangelical world and, and as men, you know, we divorce our convictions from our compassion and and jesus never did that you know jesus was the the lion and the lamb jesus was majestic and meek um he never divorced what he believed from how he acted and and sometimes i think if if we want to have strong convictions Pro-life is a strong conviction. I am I am strongly convicted pro-life. I've worked with and helped pro-life organizations. I firmly believe in that. Uh, but I can't divorce that from being compassionate to people, especially people who are going through uh, the process of a crisis pregnancy or something of that nature. So, so I think we have to we have to be kind, you know. And I've seen some phenomenal organizations out there who do that. You know, one's based right here in Dallas. There's a there's a group called um, Embrace Grace and and I love their tagline. Their tagline is: "They tell women you can have your baby and your dreams too." Isn't that so good? You know, one of the top two reasons that women typically get an abortion is because they feel like life is over. You know, the other reason is because there's no male present, which you know we'll talk about that another day. But, but this idea that um, you know, with, with with kindness, you're you're leading people not just to life but to Christ. Another another individual I saw do this was Owen Straken. And Owen used to be the president of the Biblical Council of Manhood and Womanhood. He's at he's at a seminary now in Arkansas. But years ago, Owen was at Southern uh, and uh, with me in Louisville. And every Friday morning, we would go. It was called the Tri Cities Clinic. It was the only abortion clinic uh, in between Indianapolis, Louisville, and Nashville. So. Um, hundreds and hundreds of abortions every week. it served those three major cities. So on Friday mornings, Owen and I would go. Um, we would go to the clinic and and one of our churches, the building next to the clinic, um, we had purchased, and we put in 3D ultrasound machines. So all Owen and I would try to do is um, instead of the woman going into the clinic immediately, hey, how about you come get a free ultrasound? Statistics tell us, you know, they're nine times more likely to keep the child. Um, it was interesting the figures that would show up. You know, you would have your strongly conservative people um, holding signs and, and calling people murderers and things of that nature. You know, um, oftentimes you would have people from the Catholic Church. They would kind of be hanging in the background with the rosaries and, and lots of prayer, which was a good thing. Um, but But I always admired Owen. Owen would be there front and center, and, and many, many days, I watched him plead with women, hey, just, just come get the ultrasound, and if they wouldn't get the ultrasound, um, he'd say, "Hey, just have the baby and all adopted." I, I, I bet, I bet in six months with him, he he offered to adopt a hundred children. I mean, he was just he was so good and he was yeah. so gracious. He was so kind, but but he was he was never he was never going to divorce his convictions from his compassion. So not only not only was he pro life to the core, but man if, if and I, it never happened, but if a woman would have said, okay, I'm going to have this child and it's going to be yours, I believe he would have took it. Like, I believe he would have done that. Yeah. It's just a, just, just a great guy. So what I like about this list
0: is uh, what's not on here. Okay. Because you give us three very practical things. If we've been a part of or encouraged an abortion, you know, we, we need to repent of that, establishing a safe place and being kind. Uh, what I don't hear you saying on here is to get on Twitter, uh, I don't hear you saying uh Facebook is your platform. Uh I don't hear you saying, uh, make your signs, go pick it somewhere. Um, why not those things?
1: Yeah. So in my in my life, you know, in my ministry, I've never I've never logically I've never been able to use the Bible and convince someone to go from being pro choice to pro life. That's right. I've never been able to do that. Um, you know, and maybe I'm just in a week, an apologist. I don't know, but, <laughs> but, but I, I, I haven't seen it happen and I've never seen anyone else do it. I mean, it really is a move of the Holy Spirit. It's a move of God. I tell you what, what I have seen work, though, is kindness. I've seen a kind word work. Um, I've seen someone offering a hand up, you know, work. Um, I've seen those things work. So, um, you know, Twitter is not the platform to be a pro-life warrior. Like you're not winning the hearts and minds of the culture. That's good. Uh, uh, and if, if if you think you are. Uh, We hate to we hate to break it to you, (laughs) you're not. not. Go look at the stats on how many Twitter users there are and
0: how many actually tweet. Right, Right. that's not the world. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It's a very very
1: small portion of the population. Yes, excellent point, man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that is that is so good. And what you know, you and I were even uh, swapping stories earlier today on how we became followers of Jesus. And I think about my buddy Adam Landrum Uh, when I went to school at Clemson you'd get some of the street evangelists that would show up on campus, and they were yelling hellfire and brimstone messages, right? Telling me I was a sinner in need of a Savior, and that Savior was Jesus. They were just being massive jerks in the process. And then my buddy Adam comes along and was just friendly, uh, was kind, took an interest in me, and used a different tactic, right? The, uh, that idea of you'll attract more people with honey than vinegar— And, and it was able to, the Lord used that kindness to really open my eyes and see what was going on. And I wonder, I wonder if too, I'd love to know your thoughts on this, like, um, because there is this idea of speaking up, but recognizing that changing the world or changing the culture's view maybe isn't even the best goal, right? Like it's just love whoever you happen to encounter that day. Right, not not feeling this burden of golly, I've got to convince my whole office place or my whole neighborhood. No, just be kind to the people who are in front of you. Steward the conversations that pop up. If you have an opportunity to talk about this, do it in a winsome way. Go go to bed at night knowing you you were faithful. Right. What what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's excellent. What you just said. You know, um, I tell people all the time that hospitality is the new evangelism. Um, it's the new evangelism. You know, you're going to win more people at your dinner table uh, than you are um, on a corner thumping a sign. Um, you're you're going to win more people at your dinner table than than guys with massive ministry platforms that may be preaching to ten thousand people every weekend. Um, hospitality is it, and and I think once we begin to grasp that. You know, we don't have to change a culture. We just have to change the person right by us, you know. But first, we have to change us. You know, the Holy Spirit's got to work in us on the inside. So, so yeah, um, hospitality, things like, um, finance and arts and 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 there are all kinds of mediums to be a witness um uh for Christ yeah. you know i would not put social media on any of those lists <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh that may be the most important thing anybody hears on this on this
0: particular episode and i think i'm okay with that That's right. uh but this is good well listen you know june 24 so you're right it was a victory and i don't want to turn this into some military thing but it's Like, we're still battling, right? Absolutely. We still... These tactics were great on June 23rd, and they're going to be great after June 24th, right? These are things we need to be doing as followers of Jesus, repenting of our contribution to some of the the things in the culture that we wish were different, being a safe place and being kind. I mean, listen, that's that hopefully is going to go a lot farther than uh, some of our other tactics that have been out there. Yeah, let's do it, man. Yeah.
1: Any final thoughts? And No. Um... Uh, mean what you say say what you mean don't be mean when you say it I love it that's a great way to end All right, Chris As always good to be with you yeah thank you bro
0: thank you so much for listening to the Better Man podcast if you have any questions or want to learn more about Better Man you can go to betterman.com that's betterman.com this episode like every episode was produced and edited and mixed by the team over at Sound of a Rose you can learn more about them at
1: soundofarose.com that's all we've got for today we'll talk to you again next time